0: Welcome to Squawk Five Three Five Three, the Private Pilot Podcast, Episode Ten. I'm your host Izzy Simon, a private pilot sharing my tips and tricks to make the skies a safer place. In today's episode, we'll discuss what you can expect on your private pilot checkride. Stay tuned for all this and more, and Squawk Five Three Five Three. Congratulations, you've worked through your private pilot training and are now ready to complete your checkride. This means you have to put all the information you learned over the past few months or even years to the test. The first thing that I personally would recommend for you to do is to prepare, prepare, prepare. Make sure that you have your FAR aim tabbed with important regulations and information that might be quizzed on your checkride. This may include things such as required equipment, which you should have memorized, as well as what to do when you have inoperative equipment. This also may include information as to what money you can make as a pilot or what money you can take in, rather, as a private pilot. Another thing to make sure that you have prepared is your aircraft's logbooks. Your DPE, or designated pilot examiner, will not fly with you if your maintenance of the airplane is not up to date. Before my check ride, I always found it helpful to tab all the required inspections for a certain type of aircraft. This may include your annual, 100 hour, and ELT. Your AMP's also typically will have terrible handwriting. Because of this, make sure you know what each entry in the logbook signifies. Along with maintenance comes your ADs or airworthiness directives. Airworthiness directives are put up by the FAA and its maintenance that must be performed on a certain type of airplane for it to remain airworthy. The most notable among training aircraft is in the Cessna 172 and the seat rails not locking correctly. Every three calendar years, the seat rails and locks must be inspected in order to comply with the airworthiness directive. Make sure you understand if there are any airworthiness directives for your airplane and making sure that they are complied with in the maintenance records. Finally, make sure you have all the materials you need for your private pilot checkride. You must have your pilot certificate, or in this case, your student pilot certificate, your medical, your photo ID, and your engine and your own logbooks. With your logbooks, make sure that all your times are totaled up and I typically will put all my totals on a separate page so that DPE doesn't have to do the math and I have already done it for him and he can just double check that. Make sure to also have the results to your written test and your IACRA information. Finally, bring any resources that you might find useful. The oral part of your trek ride is 100% open note. This means you can use your far aim, sectional maps, or your airplane's POH to research things you might have questions on. Your DPE may ask you to bring additional things or items that have already been filled out or something they might find useful or less time consuming on their end. This may include something like your airplane's weight and balance or your proposed cross-country flight. Now that you've prepared for your checkride, the big day has finally come. You may feel nervous, but that is totally okay. However, it's important to remember that DPEs are there to test you, but also to help you. You are most likely going to start by reviewing the aircraft's airworthiness before beginning the oral portion of your check ride, before you begin that section, though, make sure to hand the DPE your payment for your check ride. It makes the situation a lot less awkward if they don't have to ask for the money from you and you just give it to them upfront. You can expect anywhere from $400 to $600 for your private pilot check ride, and your next check rides will typically cost slightly more than the previous. But this varies from DPE to DPE because they have the say over how much their check rides will cost. Assuming that everything went well with the maintenance records of the airplane, you are now ready to begin your oral portion. This often is the most stressful part of the check ride for most students. On my check ride, the DPE first started with cross-country flight planning and VFR sectional maps. Now a DPE can do a check ride in his or her own style as long as they cover all the material required to be covered by the FAA. If at any point during your check ride you are confused by a question that the DPE asks or are unsure of what they are asking for, just ask them to rephrase it or ask it again. The DPE should always offer you another way to ask the question without actually giving you the answer. The DPE also will cover regulations with you. It was during this section of my check ride where I was most stressed out because the regulations seem very immense. Thankfully I had tabbed my FAR aim and was able to find the information I was unsure of quite quickly. From the people I've talked to, in my own experience, DPEs will often ask students the difference between being current and being proficient. While this is a topic I'd like to talk about in a later episode, to give you a brief overview, being current means that a pilot is meeting the FAA requirements to fly but this does not necessarily mean that he or she is necessarily competent and able to fly safely. Proficient, on the other hand, means that a pilot is capable of conducting a flight with a high degree of competence. The pilot must have a wide range of knowledge and skills. It's no longer about being legal in the terms of regulations, but it is about being smart and safe in the terms of pilot experience and proficiency. A dangerous part about your oral exam is that DPEs won't stop you from going down a rabbit hole. In fact, they will encourage it. If you say something that isn't true or does not follow the regulations, the DPE will more than likely ask you more questions about that specific topic to challenge your knowledge and make sure that you are fit to be a pilot. While I am no DPE, there are still a few questions which are standard throughout all check rides. After each question that I'm about to ask, I encourage you to pause your podcast and think about what your answer would be on your checkride. This first one is a classic and can be found in 61.113. The question goes, if you take your friends up for a flight and you're a private pilot, can they pay for the flight? Take a brief moment to think about what your answer would be to this question. The answer is yes, but to an extent. For example, if your flight costs a total of $100 and there were four passengers, each passenger would pay $25, or their pro-rate-of-share for the flight. The next question asks, what are the night currency requirements to carry passengers at night? Again, take a brief moment to pause and think, what are the night currency requirements and what would I say to the DPE? The answer, you need to log at least three night takeoffs and landings to a full stop within the preceding 90 days and these landings and takeoffs must be logged between one hour after sunset and one hour before sunrise. And for a final question in the oral part of today's test, your DPE may ask you what happens to your maneuvering speed as your plane gets heavier. Your DPE by asking this question wants to know if you understand the aerodynamics. Take a moment now to pause and think what does happen to your maneuvering speed or your VA as your plane gets heavier. The answer, as your weight goes up, your maneuvering speed also goes up. That's because when your plane is heavier, it needs to fly at a higher angle of attack at a given airspeed to maintain altitude. And because it's a higher angle of attack, it's closer to the critical angle of attack, which means a full control input will stall the airplane before it exceeds the limit load factor. To put that into simple English, as your weight increases, Your maneuvering speed increases so that you are less likely to enter a stall, which is caused when the wing meets a critical angle of attack. Congratulations again! Now you've finished the oral part of your checkride. Now it's time for the flying portion. From the moment you walk out of the FBO and approach the airplane, your DPE is watching your every move. This isn't to make you feel nervous, but rather to make sure that you are practicing your pre-flight procedures safely and utilizing checklists when necessary. Again, just like your oral portion of your test, the flying portion of your test can occur in any order as long as the DPE meets all the requirements set by the FAA. I would strongly recommend using the ACS or Airmen Certification Standards to know what you need to know for your flying and oral part of your checkride. Again, this entire time the DPE is watching your every move, making sure that you are being a safe and smart pilot while in the airplane and out on the airport, the DPE may question you about airport operations. It's important that at any time, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you can tell the DPE to ask the question later. This is a good way to exemplify good cockpit management. As you taxi, make sure you aren't holding on the brakes and are using the proper crosswind aileron inputs if there is a strong crosswind. While like I've mentioned multiple times before, there is no set order to your checkride, It typically will start with you flying a leg of your cross-country flight that you've planned. Your DPE wants to see that you understand how to use pilotage, dead reckoning, and what you would do in case of a diversion. At this point, the DPE also may question you about your knowledge of VOR and GPS systems, but this is not standard on every checkride. Your DPE also would like to see your takeoffs. He or she will want to see your knowledge of soft field, takeoffs and climbs, short field takeoffs and climbs, with the maximum performance climb, and crosswind takeoffs. Everything that goes up must also come down. So therefore, your DPE will also be looking at your landings. Your DPE would like to see a soft field approach, a short field approach, and a crosswind landing. In addition, he or she will also want to see a forward slip to landing. You and your DPE will agree on a point somewhere on the airfield, which will be your touchdown spot. Some students aim for the numbers, some students aim for the runway threshold. I typically aim for about the thousand footers, but if they're not available, I'll usually go for the numbers. DPE also wants to see what you would do in case of a go-around. In your exam, you should expect a variety of maneuvers which you have practiced and should know about beforehand. These maneuvers include slow flight, steep turns, power on and power off stalls, and DPEs often want you to be aware of what you would do in a spin but typically will not practice them or perform them with a student. Transitioning from performance maneuvers we then have ground reference maneuvers. For more information about ground reference maneuvers check out episode 4 of this podcast where I go into more detail about the three types of ground reference maneuvers which you will do on your checkride. They include rectangular course, S-turns, and turns around a point. In my experience, the DPE will typically choose one of these three for you to fly. Make sure you do not bust the minimums or maximums, rather, that are set by the ACS. For example, in ground reference maneuvers, a student may not climb or descend more than 100 feet off their beginning altitude. This is a sticking point for me because during my first private pilot checkride, I failed because I was unable to complete my turns around a point while maintaining altitude. I was incredibly distraught about it at the time, but ultimately I moved forward and learned from the experience. My instructor and I practiced turns around a point and S-turns many times, and I went back and passed the rest of my checkride. Which brings me to my next point. If you do fail your checkride, it's okay. If you were to tell myself that, six months ago, that I would be okay after failing my private pilot checkride, I simply wouldn't believe myself. But now looking back, what happened to me was a good life lesson. Also, if you fail, it's not the end of the world. Your DPE will give you credit for whatever you finish during both the oral and flying parts of your test. To finish out the flying portion of your checkride, your DPE will place you in unusual attitudes, make you recover, as well as have you perform basic instrument maneuvers. One part of the checkride that often gets majorly overlooked is the emergency approach and landing and the emergency descent procedures outlined in the POH which must be performed on the private pilot checkride. A student must use good aeronautical decision-making or ADM to find a safe place to put down the airplane in case of an engine fire or an engine out emergency. Throughout the flight your DPE will be examining your radio communications as well as other factors including your control inputs or how you manage stressful situations. You can expect about an hour and a half of total fly time with your DPE. Some exams run longer, some run shorter, it just depends on the DPE. As long as you study and are well prepared for your checkride, checkride should not be a problem. If you are feeling nervous, that's totally normal. But also remember, you should not let your nerves affect your performance. Make sure that you have the required total time of 40 hours total time, at least 20 of which with an instructor, and 10 hours solo have the necessary night and cross-country times, and your hood or simulated instrument time. Make sure you dress well but also comfortably. If it's going to be 95 degrees out, don't wear a full suit. On the other hand, don't wear sweat shorts and a t-shirt. The main things to remember are to put together and follow a quality study program and to master the skill sets, pay attention to detail, and prepare. Do this and you too will pass your private check ride with flying colors. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to check out last week's episode. A link to all the resources used in today's show can be found in the show notes. Also, found in the show notes is a link to my Patreon. This show takes a lot of time each week to write, produce, and edit. Your donation to this show would be greatly appreciated. If you have any questions or suggestions for future shows, feel free to email me. My email can also be found in the link to the show notes. To access the show notes, simply click the cover art in whatever platform you are using. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a comment on whatever platform you are using. Also, please feel free to share this episode with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353, and let's make the skies a safer place.